We're back. It's Talking Shot. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Talking Shot. I am Ross Greve. I'm Esther Ling. And I'm Matt Jacobs. And it's uh, 10 to 1 in the morning. Uh, we've been away on holiday, you may have guessed, so hence the break for last week. Um, we are also without the lovely Jim Cossey this week. He is still on holiday, so lucky uh, man. Miss you, Jim. We do miss you, Jim. So um, we look forward to uh, meeting up with Jim again soon. So uh, how was your holiday break there, uh, Matt? Been, uh, I haven't had much of a break. No. I've been filming and cutting a film we've done for a very talented tattoo artist, Briggy Furzes. I can't pronounce her name right. She's Hungarian, very talented portrait tattooist. Yeah. And we've been uh, quite fortunate to see that, haven't we, Esther? It's, it's, it's beautiful work, Absolutely actually. Absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Makes yeah. me want to, want to have a tattoo now. Yeah, the video is quite nice as well, actually. But, uh, no, that was stunning work, mate. Yeah, not too bad at all. Thank but, you. Yeah, but being photographers and, and filmmakers, we, um, at this time of year, we don't tend to have a much of a break at all, really. We sort of uh, carry on and make the most you of people. You've been out in Japan. Regardless. I've been out to Japan, actually. About that. that was uh, sort of a whirlwind tour, sort of out there, a shoot for two days. What about you? I am well drowned. Uh, I was in Kyoto and Kisatsu, yeah, so uh, shooting um, out there with a Michelin star chef. That was that was very cool. So um, They yeah, commissioned you to shoot that. They flew yeah, out there. Flew out there. Wonderful. So, so it was pretty much five days uh, out there, two days shooting um, and two days travelling a day out there. So It's not long to shoot. You're under pressure. Under pressure. So, uh, But it was, it was an amazing team out there, actually. It worked really, really well. So, um, Have I mentioned I'm well gel? Are you well gel? Emma, do you take a lot of gear with you? Um, I took a, an S1R, two lenses. because and What the, lenses? Uh, a uh, 24-105, which mm. I actually shot uh, pretty much everything on. And the, you love Beautiful. that lens, don't you? I do love that lens. It's, why? Why do you love that lens? It's, oh, I don't know, it just, I think it's a really underrated lens. And I don't use it much. No, it's, no, it's beautiful. I it well, when I, when I first got the, it's one of my hands, that was the lens that I, uh, I couldn't get my hands on the 50mm to start with. And they sent 24 to 105 to try out and I absolutely loved it. I was quite blown away. I wasn't expecting how mm-hmm. how sharp it's and crisp, punchy it was. It's it? so it's crisp. Where do you use it? Where's the sweet spot for you? The wide or the <sighs> telephoto all over? Oh, well, you shoot 50 mil on that. It's beautiful. It's, it's F4 all the way through yeah. as well. So, um, Is it constant aperture? Yeah. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's, it's stunning. So um, I think uh, people should have a good look at that. But um, we were going to talk about... Uh, Esther getting the beers in. Esther getting the beers in. <laughs> we need more beers, <laughs> guys. <laughs> So, cheers. Um, cheers, guys. Always nice to sign it. And also, we were talking about how the industry has changed so much since we started as photographers. When we when we first started in our careers, we took photos. That's what we did. We got asked to do that. We got commissioned to do that. But the industry has changed so much with the digital era and technology and cameras coming in that as a photographer, you may even get asked to dip your toe into the dark art of filmmaking mm-hmm. video video so um i mean that's that's your we baby hit. really isn't it mm. really a lot of video a lot of films i do we're speaking we're speaking off mic about our friend chris from bude our friend chris from bude we were talking to he sends a lot of questions in chris does <laughs> we were talking about him off mic and he wanted to get into shooting some video but he was a bit scared of actually mm. how he should do it, what he should do. I get do. that. 
And I was saying to him, he's such a talented photographer, there's a lot of astro stuff, and his composition is wonderful. It's sublime the way he lines things up. I said to him, you could be a great videographer just because you have that talent. All you've got to do is press that red button and let what you're filming you know, be the star of the mm. show, mm. yeah, and then turn it off and frame it again. Because I think I think as people, you see a lot on the internet and it can be very technical and, and that makes it quite scary and mm. people are going, oh, I don't know what to do. But like you say, sort of, Almost, go back to basics. If you if you go back to basics, and if you've shoot, got that composition, how you shoot stills. Yes, it is. But they're moving stills at the end of the day, aren't they? So mm. you know, for example, if you're going to shoot cinematic, what twenty four frames a second sort yeah. of thing. Um, I know since uh, I've been shooting mirrorless, I've learned loads about um, filmmaking, mm-hmm. and and I find it quite fascinating. And it is, it's completely mm. different. It's one uh, of those things we were talking again earlier, weren't we, about what scares you mm. and uh, for me filmmaking videography is it's one of those things for me is uh, I don't know why if I did it I'd probably be fine and I did shoot a wedding um with Emma who's another ambassador and um they loved it but I think you know it's one of those things isn't it unless you do it the thought is quite often worse than the person watching w- will forgive you if if, if you're not using 24p, if you're not using that, if, if what you're shooting is beautiful and it's worth watching, they will forgive you for it. So just for total beginners, just explain what the difference between, you know, 24p or 60p is and the outcome you get from it. 24p is, is 24 frames per second. That is the old film. And it, it's what people have come to perceive as normal. Some people mm. will say anything other than 24 frames a second doesn't look cinematic. It's because right. they're not used to seeing that. It's just what they're used to seeing. A lot of people are shooting at much higher frame rates now. Peter Jackson shoots at... 60. Yeah, is it 60 mm. shoots at... And then James Cameron's a big advocate mm. of higher frame rates the tattoo thing you saw earlier, that was shot at 50. Mm. And people say, you know, it's it, the frame rate is not the only thing that makes things cinematic. It's lens choice. It's how you frame things. And it's your editing. Mm. A lot of people get very, very hung up on shooting at 24p. It's, it's what you're, if you're shooting something beautiful, something interesting, they will forgive you for that. Mm. And I think I think another thing. I mean, you've got two elements to think of when when you're doing filmmaking as well. Whereas stills, you've okay, you've you've got stuff going on, but your primary thing is that camera, that still. But when you're doing filmmaking, you've also got to think of your audio. Yeah. And you can have an amazing film, but if you've got poor audio in that, yeah, sure, that yeah. can completely destroy it. And vice versa. But if also, you've got, I think with with filmmaking coming from a, a stills background. You kind of think, oh, I have to move the camera around a lot. But yeah. actually, what I found when I did it was I got the more pleasing results just by shooting as I would my stills. So keeping the camera composing everything visually how I wanted it, keeping the camera fairly still, That's but actually it. just yeah. letting things happen exactly. within and the then, frame. And then when you do have a good camera movement, that can make it really impactful and cinematic, whether mm. you've got a slider movement or whether you're using drone footage mm. 
whether you're using a gimbal, if you use those really sparingly, they can be really impactful. Big wow factors, yeah. aren't they? If you're doing it every other frame, it loses it completely. Mm, it does. Because uh, it's, it's a bit like the whole composition thing that I speak about quite a lot in that, you know, using your depth of field or whatever to focus the viewer's eye if if the camera's moving around too much and i notice that when i'm watching a film i don't know i don't know where to look my mm. eyes are flicking around everywhere yeah um but actually if you you know keep it keep the camera fairly still just let it happen mm. um then it's i don't know it's a nice of I mean, off, off, of off my, me and Ross were talking about um, Anton Corbin, photographer. He, he shot his, I think, his, I think it was his first film. Mm. He was about 50, I think, when he shot Control, mm. the biopic of um, Ian Curtis and Joy Division. Brilliant. And it's a wonderful film if you get a chance to see it. Have you seen it, Esther? Are you, I oh. know you told I think I might show you the trailer. It, yeah. Every single shot. Could, could be a perfect photograph. It's literally mm. a moving photograph. Yeah, yeah. and that, that's how he shot every scene. He shot every scene as a photograph, and it's, it's just wonderful to watch. But, you, I mean, you look at things like that, and I think once you start sort of getting involved into, say, um, trying to start filmmaking, you start looking at um, TV and films in a different light, how they've lit it. Um, how they've treated the colour mm. and all those sorts of things and, and the movement, how, how the, their composition is. And, yeah. you, and you do, you, you pick up ideas, you get inspired um, by the smallest things. Yeah. And I think that's that's really cool that there's so much out there at the moment um, that you can actually feed off. But I think it's also really important not to lose your own style. Yeah, yeah, completely, yeah. But once again, if you look at some of the, the greats, I mean, Lawrence of Arabia, some real static shots. Mm. That, that scene when he comes out of the sun, he comes with that really long shot when he's coming out of the desert. It's just a stunning shot. And there's no movement of the camera there at all. Not to say you shouldn't move the camera, but if you use it sparingly, yeah. that's yeah. how you can have a great impactful yeah. shot. I think I've seen the behind the scenes of that actually, how they shot that. That's quite, that's quite amazing. There's a lot of yeah. guys just behind on dollies. She's and, one of the greatest yeah. uh, editors. It was, it was Anne Coates, wasn't it, who cut that? And they say it's the greatest cut of all time. It's got Peter O'Toole. He's looking at the match. He's got a close up of his mm. face, just his hand holding the match, and he blows the match out. And as you're hearing, oh, the next scene is the sun coming up. And they say it's always it's the greatest cut mm. of all time. And it's, oh. it's very, very simple. One of the most devastating cuts of all time in Hollywood. Mm. And everybody's tried to emulate it. But it's, it's so simple, but so, so clever. So as a photographer who's thinking of getting into filmmaking, yep. what sort of advice would you give them? I would say just don't worry about... If, if, if you're a photographer getting into filmmaking, I would say... Just start filming. Just imagine you're taking a photograph and just press the video button. And don't don't film for hours. Film little scenes. Yeah, it, it's 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 little. It's, it's the edit. The edit you'll be cutting. You know, get get enough for what you need. Don't spend loads. But I would say frame your shot. Imagine you're taking a photograph, but just video it. Mm. see what you get see how it looks then think about frame rate think about things like afterwards 
Get into it. See what you see. See, see what you get. Just just plunge into it. Because if you start looking at YouTube and you start looking at frame rates and it's confusing. Uh, think, oh my god, it, it'll scare. You. And some some videographers do actually enjoy scaring people away from it, as if it's like some some club that you cannot mm. join until you know all these mm. things. They don't want people just to jump in and start making films. And Ross um, touched on the importance of music or yeah. you know whatever background you're having. Um, do you have that as a, a starter point, or do you? do the video and then look for the music to no, I always, suit. I always have music in my mind. A lot of my stuff has music, underwater stuff. I don't have sound, obviously, because underwater. I'm always aware of what track I'm going to have. And even when I'm filming, I'm thinking right. about how things will go right. with it. Music is so important with films and it always, always has been. And it was, if you think of the old films, it mm. was meant to be seen with a live pianist or a live orchestra. Mm. So music is incredibly yeah, important. Definitely, because it films. builds drama, doesn't it? And it, it does. Builds it does completely. Yeah. And you watch a thriller, and if take the music you, out, take the music out, yeah. it loses attention completely, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah. You, you you won't get that jump from the yeah. music. I mean, my greatest influence for films always people laugh and people say, "What's your favourite film?" And they always laugh when I say, "It's Jaws." Was and it's just a masterpiece. It's just, it's such an underrated piece of filmmaking that every single scene is a standout scene. You yeah. can forward Jaws on a DVD, and every single scene is a classic. Mm. I love that. And uh, it was the classic dolly zoom scene as well. Yeah, the Hitchcock thing when he yeah. comes in. Yeah, that's yeah. clear. But the, um, but the music in Jaws as well, there's some classic psychological part. I think he borrowed some off Hitchcock. If you watch Jaws, there's a lot of false alarms in Jaws. That, that, um, you see a lot of underwater mm. scenes with legs th- uh, thrashing about. Yeah, and you yeah. think the shark's going to appear. And you don't realise it consciously, but unconsciously there is no music until the shark appears. Mm. So you'll have loads right, of false alarms okay. and you're thinking, oh my God, the shark's Building coming, the, the shark's coming. And there's nothing, there's no music. But then you see an underwater scene and you hear that classic boom, 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 boom. Yeah. Damn. Only plays the music when the shark is in the sea. And that's such a clever piece, piece when of... Sh- when the shark's not broken. Yeah. <laughs> shark's working. The shark is broken. <laughs> um, so... What what got you into filmmaking? I mean, what inspired you? What what sort of films inspired you? you know, sort of, I guess, going down the route of favourite film. One, what, something that you could watch over and over again. I I love French films. I'm a big Luc Besson fan. I love Luc Besson with his huge wide lenses. Mm. Love French films. Uh, Amelie, I love Amelie. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm, I'm might seem quite standard, but Shawshank Redemption for me, I could just yeah. watch. They got mugged. They got mugged at the Oscars by um, well, um, what Forrest Gump? Yeah, mm. he got mugged at the Oscars. That one, didn't it? Mm. And Shawshank Redemption came nowhere. Mm. It was shameful. That came nowhere. And yeah, it's a great. It's, 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 it's a, a wonderful. Cool. Oh, if Shawshank Redemption is a wonderful film because um, it's timing. It goes through loads of eras, but it's perfectly paced. Mm. And that's really, really hard yeah. to do because it goes across, what, three or four decades, yeah. but it's effortlessly paced. And it's a long film, but mm. you never think. You don't feel as long. Shit, this is long. You're, you're drawn in with it yeah. and it takes you through effortlessly. Because some films, mm. you know, if you're watching them at home, you will, oh, how long to go? 
Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so you don't with yeah. Shawshank at all. It's, it's very, very clever to take you through time like that. Yeah. Mm. It's, a clever, it's a clever piece of editing and, and shooting. Gravity was quite well edited. That Was that the Sand, thing Sandra Bullock in space. And what's his name? And uh, Clooney. Clooney. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was a lovely visual thing to watch that. Yeah. yeah it's beautiful. Yeah, it was. But they've, um, they've re- and they re-released uh, Apocalypse Now. Oh, this is four copies yes. and a new print of it, which is supposed to be phenomenal. I will be absolutely Must phenomenal. I can see that, yeah. But then there's, there's, I mean, there's lots of beautiful work out there, and you can sort of take snippets from that and really go, wow, you know, as, as a photographer, you know your craft, but, you know, as we always bang on about, you, you never fully know your craft, you're always learning. We, we, we always talk about that. Oh, sure. but, and that's the same with videography um, or filmmaking. Um, you've, You've got to have that hunger to learn as well, yeah, um, and be prepared to sort of yeah. take the knocks and and learn by your mistakes. And that that's the best learning or best teacher you can have, I think, is actually uh, to have a mistake and you go, "Well, wow, I learned a little bit," yeah, and pick yourself yeah. up and go, "Right, I'm going to make it better this but time." Also, again, we've spoken about it in stills, but being able to draw the viewer in, yeah, you know, again, because film is similar to photography in that I always say that people forget, we forget as photographers or videographers that a lot of the time it's about the viewer. It's not about us. So we have got to give them something to pull them in and hold their attention. And, you know, you just said about, you know, a, a good film can be really long, but, you know, you can feel like it's over within an hour or so. Um, Cheers. (laughs) Um, but that's you know again like what was the um, Schindler's List yes that was a long film but I just Mm, didn't notice it it was as long as it was that was beautifully filmed as well because one of Rossi's bugbears if everybody knows this he hates spot colour and Mm. Schindler's has got a classic spot colour and what do you think about that do you want to well, yeah. that, or do you? Oh, I think I can get away with that. <laughs> yeah. But that was a brilliant film and, you know, it grabbed your attention all the way through, didn't it? Mm. Um, and it didn't feel didn't feel long. I felt really good for Spielberg with that because he's, he's so often, I said about Jaws, he's been so often overlooked. He's seen as a blockbuster director and of not much artistic merit. But he's a wonderful filmmaker and a wonderful storyteller. Mm. And he's up there with the greats. But that's and the thing, you've got to tell the story, yeah, you? even yes. with stills. That's, that, that is storytelling. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's a fantastic storyteller. He really is a real vision. And um, and when, when he got you know the Oscars for Schindler's List, I was really, really happy for him because it, it was sort of validation, mm. I think. And, you know, he, he, people know him as a great director. Yeah. Mm. I think a lot of great directors get like, overlooked, don't they? It's like, what's his name? Um, Scorsese. Yes. He upset mm. a lot of people in Hollywood. Yeah. I can't remember what, what he, he got. His, oh. He finally got his Oscar for was it the Howard Hughes one? I can't remember what he got it for, but he didn't get it for Goodfellas, which was you know mm. the finest. Mm. Film very very there. good. Yeah. Yes, I complete mind block there. If I'm honest, um, I was going to say something to you about thing, and my mind's gone completely <laughs> blank. Something about something. <laughs> yeah. getting late. It is late. Something about it's something. past my bedtime. He's, uh, um, he's wondering why his beer bottle's empty. No, that's because I've, I've emptied it with my mouth. What uh, sort of um, v- uh, videos have you done, Ross? You do much video and you said you started off off mic. You said you started off in that field. Uh, well, yeah, I, my, my first job, 
because I wanted to work as a photographer and the only way I could sort of get in was to actually work as a videographer first. Right. So I it was a videographer for A Jacket Bungie in Queenstown, New Zealand. And so I was doing some videos of for them. And then I knew a position was going to come up as a photographer, which right. which I really wanted. So but that was quite cool. I mean, that was filming on high eight um yeah. cameras and stuff like that and and editing quite quickly as well. Um, with four cameras, I think it was. Um, but it was good fun. Um, but things uh, uh, changed a lot now, and I think obviously much easier and quicker now mm. as well. We can turn around uh, things very, very quickly. Um, but that sort of that taught me how to shoot and sort of edit live. So you would basically shoot what you needed and not sort of overshoot too much. So yeah. you could actually, mm. that would allow you to speed your editing process up so it would enhance your workflow so you could at the end you wouldn't be searching through loads and loads of footage you knew yeah. what you had I much like when you take a, a photograph as a photographer you know when you've nailed that shot bang you've got it and yeah. you know you've got it in, in the bag and you'll move on to the next one so sort of similar sort of mindset there yeah. um, the whole composition thing comes into it similar as a photographer and stuff like that so um, have you yeah. shot much film Mr. Um, much no, video? haven't. No. no, no. It's something again that scares me a little bit. Um, I know we've spoken about it um, off mic, but um, yeah, it's something I would I would like to do. I think you know, in the past few years, I've done a lot that I never thought I would be doing. So it's kind of being able you've to got just great taking that step. skills. I mean, it's that sort of skill that you need. Yeah. So it's just really having a go, it isn't it, it really? Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. I think that's the big thing. Yeah, have a go and don't be afraid to have a go. Mm. And that, that's the only way you, you – and practice, practice, practice. That's the things I will find. I will just film stuff for kicks. Yeah. And and I might not keep that footage, but I will just have a look at it and go, yeah, that's cool. And yeah. then next time when I film something for purpose, yeah. I will – you know, I've learnt from that as well. So um, – it is the old practice, practice, practice. Get out there and learn, and, and learn loads. Mm. But it's really interesting. And, and talk to people in the industry. I, I think you know, ask questions. Don't be afraid to sort of go. You know, and do your research. Don't ask the same question that's on a forum over and over again. If you're going to go into a forum, check for your question to see if it's there, because there's nothing worse than a forum with a repetitive question coming yeah. up over and over again. Um, and and just get involved. And I think some of those forums can be a little bit scary though, they, because they, 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 can, they can, are yeah. full. In my experience, they're full of very techy people yes. who are geeking out, What's, and you are, if you, you know ha, you're not experienced in an area, then you're a little bit like, oh, I don't want to ask a question because it sounds really dumb. But you've got to start somewhere, haven't you? But and what, what I always say to people that get a bit scared off by it. I say, you know, there was people shooting really good films 10, 15, 20, 50 years ago or much, much less equipped than yeah, what we've exactly. got now. Yeah, exactly. Even on our phones. So don't get weighed down by that technical yeah. crowd. You know, get out there, shoot, film, mm. and you'll probably get some... And some of the some of the great films are quite rough. I mean, I'm a massive film of... Massive fan of 1970s American cinema because it's so mm. rough... It yeah. really is the edits and the, the directions. Things mm. like Dirty Harry and Dog Day Afternoon. Yeah. They're wonderful, gritty films. They call that the new golden age of American cinema. It's wonderful stuff. Uh, it's, it's brilliant. Yeah. I, gosh, I, I could uh, talk about films all night, but um, um, I need to get some sleep.
Hey, it's um, it's great to be back together, guys, and yeah. um, and great to sort of be chatting again about uh, what we love and all the things we love. Um, we'll be back next week, um, possibly uh, with a guest. Um, and so, keep listening, guys. Make sure you check out our social media channels on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, uh, Talking Shot. If you've got any questions, please feel free to post them on uh, the Talking Shot Facebook page. Or any of our individual or, or on, social uh, media on, on Matt Jacobs or yeah. Ross Grieve, uh, Jim Cossey or Esther Ling's um, social media channels and we'll, we'll certainly be more than happy to answer those. So cheers guys and cheers. Um, enjoy Until the summer. Next time.